0: Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. So I get the I get the title text, right, for uh, our, our sermon series, right? We're talking about Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Okay. Um, so we're gonna read this a few times today. It'll be on the screen. Uh, if you want a Bible, right, there's some Bibles that should be uh, in front of you, right? Um, and, and by the way, if you don't have a Bible, go ahead, feel free to take one of those Bibles, right? Those are for you, right? So you can look at the Bible if you want to look at it physically. It'll be on the screen. But Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, um, here's what it says. It says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right. And so so we reference this scripture. Right. We, we we do a prayer moment um, in the middle of our worship service. We we, we take the prayer requests that, that you all submit and we, we pray for those as a staff and then we engage you as well um, in praying for those individuals. And And this is the verse that we reference, right? We don't worry about anything, but we pray about everything, right? And so this is the thing. And so the reason we do this, it's intentional. We want to be a body of people that we, we pray, right? When, when it comes to um, us, Uh, having a need, right? We, We want to pursue the presence of God and we want to express our dependency on him. So when you have a need, before you allow things to creep into worry and anxiety, which is the, uh, this apprehension about what may happen in the future or even what you're facing now before you creep into worry and anxiety. We want to be a people that says, no, we're going to go to the Lord and we are going to pray. So that's why we do this every Sunday. We're trying to say, hey, this is who we are, right? We want to be a people marked by prayer. We want to be, be a people. Marked by, we go to our heavenly father. See, I'm getting tuned up too quick. Okay, here we go. That's what we want to be about, right? So listen, let's, let's, okay, so let me read this in another, another version, right? The New Living Translation is the one I think that we a lot of times reference where it says this, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience Uh, God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so, so when, I, when I look at this version, though, when it, when it says don't worry about anything, um, uh, there was a, a certain movie that came to mind and a certain thing, uh, and that, that movie is The Lion King, okay? And so I, I'm going to show a clip real quick, but, but listen, I was, I was honestly, I'm just being totally transparent with you guys. Um, yeah, I, I'm aware that I, I'm in a certain stage of life with two young kids, and, and sometimes that comes out in my sermons, and so I'm sensitive to the number of cartoon movies that I play on a Sunday, okay? Um, but I'm like, yo. But this was 1994. Okay, this is this is a classic. Okay, so this I just want you to know that this don't count against my cartoon movie sharing while I'm preaching. Uh, if you're keeping count, okay. I just want you to know this is this is a classic here. But I am excited about Moana 2 that's coming out. Um, the wife sent me that. I was like, oh my gosh. Why am I so excited about Moana 2? <laughs> but no. But check out check out this clip. Isn't this a great place? It is beautiful. But I don't understand something. You've been alive all this time. Why didn't you come back to Pride Rock? Well, I just needed to get out on my own, live my own life. And I did. And it's great. We've really needed you at home. No one needs me. Yes, we do. You're the king. Nala, we've been through this. I'm not the king. Scar is. Simba. He let the hyenas take over the Pride Lands. What? Everything's destroyed. There's no food, no water. Simba, if you don't do something soon, everyone will starve. I can't go back. Why? You wouldn't understand. What wouldn't I understand? No, no, no. It doesn't matter. Hakuna Matata. What? Hakuna Matata. It's something I learned out here. Look, sometimes bad things happen. Simba. And there's nothing you can do about it. So why worry? Because it's your responsibility. So we have um, what he's experiencing there, and also what we see sometimes when you when you when you look at this verse from that perspective. When it says when it says, "Don't worry," right. Um, you know, you could you could interpret this a little bit like we see Simba interpreting this Hakuna Matata, which is a real phrase in Swahili. Which when I went to Africa and I learned that, I was like mind blown. Like that's real. Um, but it's a real it's a real thing, right? And so 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 he interprets this 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 idea of no worries, right? For him. You see that there's this idea of lack of concern, this, this idea of, of carelessness, like, oh, because I can't change it. I don't even have to, to worry about it. But then I, I, I love what Nala said at the end of that thing because what she said was, no, it is your responsibility because you are not doing this. There are people that are suffering and you have the ability to do something to act in order to change their future, there's a responsibility. But in order for him to live into that, he has to actually worry, though, right? So, like, there's there's actually oh, okay. So worrying and anxiety to some degree can be can be good, right? It, it, it sparks us into into action. It, it makes us engage some 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 problem solving skills, right? Without a level of worry, we probably wouldn't solve things in the way that we do, and so. So there's an aspect of, okay, I shouldn't worry and be anxious, but at the same time, there's a level of, oh, but, but actually there's a part of this that is good and it kind of gets me going and pay attention to the things that I should be paying attention to. And so, and so what you have in this, this can be really ambiguous. And, so, so, and if we're honest, right, when you really try to live this thing out, and if you're really in here and you're going through something, and I mean, you need something from the Lord sometimes. I'm just, I'm just saying, when you really try to live this out, and 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 you hear us say, "Hey, don't worry about anything, pray about everything," and I'm like, "Okay, well, all right, all I, right, I prayed." And then now, what do you? What I mean, what am I supposed to do now, right? So, so where is the line? Where is the line between? Okay, I, I'm not going to worry, but there's some level of of me. There's something that I need to do here, and so that's what we really hope to to make clear um, here today. And so real quick, let me, let me read this one more time, and then we'll dive deeper into it, right? Let's read this verse one more time. Philippians 4. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your, your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so so listen. So the Lord's Prayer, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come there's an aspect of of God's kingdom coming right Bria a, a, a couple centuries ago talked about healing talking about this aspect of oh healing is is a part of the kingdom and we want kingdom to to break through in chapter three of this this very same book even Paul is talking about uh, the Philippians as kingdom citizens and so we see this aspect of the kingdom we see we want the kingdom to come down here on earth everything the Lord is setting up as relates to his kingdom we want to experienced that. And he's revealing to us, here's another aspect of my kingdom. It's this idea of peace. Peace is available to us in the kingdom. See, here's what's going on inside of us. We, We experience the world in a certain way, this broken, this fallen world. And then there's something else in us. We were created with these longings and with these desires, and sometimes how we experience the world and then the things, the longings and the desires that we have inside of us, they, they, they don't go together. They're at odds with one another. And so what happens and then there's a conflict within us. There's there's this inner conflict that happens and we don't experience peace. But see what 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 uh, what God is saying through Paul here is he's saying this hey listen check this out um you have this longing you have these desires and see but the thing is through a relationship with me through a relationship with your father what you will understand is that that you can have these longings and these desires they can be fulfilled regardless of what's happening in your external circumstances you can have those things, the things that are inside of you, the things you were created for, the things that you, you, you want to see happen, the, the way you want the kingdom to break through. Oh, you can experience those, and they're not dependent upon what you experience in this world. No matter how broken it is, you can still have those things met, in which, therefore, it solves this inner conflict, and therefore, we can experience a level of peace. And peace is also good because actually what we really want, actually what we're really trying to get to is rest. We want to rest. Let me tell you why. One illustration. So this is the reason why a lot of people feel like that that if they had a lot of money, they would be good. Well, why is that? Well, because they feel like they would have the means to then to provide them with anything that they want or long for or desire. And they feel like that's going to give them peace. But then we find out, but even that doesn't actually fulfill what's in here and so therefore we still have the conflict and then therefore we still don't experience the rest but we want the rest right so so this thing is all about this peace that that is available to us in the kingdom so the question is now then then how do we experience this peace how do we then experience this peace that is available to us in the kingdom okay here's the first here's the first thing we're going to do I, I'm going to list uh, a few things right so the first thing we can do is is we have to make peace with God we have to make peace with God so here's the thing so this letter is to. The Philippian church, right? So Paul, on his missionary journeys, uh, somewhere in Macedonia, Philippi is there. Uh, and so the Philippians, there were people that responded to the gospel message, um, and they 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 showed Paul great hospitality. Um, and so the Philippian church has a special uh, place in Paul's heart. The Philippian church is also the church that also gave aid and supported Paul's ministry while he was going on all his missionary journeys, right? So the church in Ph- uh, Philippi, special place in Paul's heart so what Paul is doing is they've already responded to the gospel message. These are Gentile believers that he's speaking to, right? And so they already believe. They've already, they've already made peace with God. And now what Paul is trying to do is trying to say, hey, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of uh, disunity, I'm trying to help you understand what it looks like now to live out your faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's what he's doing. They, they already They already know the Lord. And so he's trying to tell him, here's how you can gain access to what's available in the kingdom of God. But here's the problem, though. You cannot have access to the kingdom of God when you are enemies with the king. Because we have to understand this. If we live a life that's in rebellion against God, if we live a life where we are rejecting his authority and his lordship in our lives, we are enemies with God and therefore cannot access the kingdom. And so what we need to do then is we need to, we need to make that right. How we make that right is we, we surrender our lives to the Lord. We, we say, Lord, I place you on the throne of my life and not myself, right? And then that, that relationship through Jesus Christ, now we have access. Now we have made peace um, with the king. And so that's what it is that we have to do. And so if you're here today and 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 you are in this position to where you're you're longing for the things that the kingdom has available, I just want you to know that that there is an invitation even now for you to make peace. With God. If if you understand that, man, your life in your own hands has not worked out very good, and you believe that God is good, and you have an opportunity to pursue a life with him, led by him. I just want to say that opportunity and that invitation extends to you right now. Even right now, today, you can make peace with God by saying yes to him, confessing yes, Jesus Christ. He came, he died, and he rose. And yes, I want to make him Lord of my life. Because apart from that, we cannot experience the peace that God has offered. Offer us. We have to first make peace with God, and then as we do that, right, we we say yes to Jesus and we we say yes to the Lord, and then we get a chance to experience this this covenant relationship with our heavenly Father. Right, He is our Father. We are His sons and daughters, and He is concerned about us and and He cares about us, right? And so He He delights in us, right? As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of a, a verse in First Peter. Um, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, give all your worries and cares for he cares about you, right? This is this is the relationship that we have with our father, right? Of course, we should go to him with everything and every need that we have. But here's the dynamic, right? The Lord uses us to establish the kingdom here on earth. Right. Also in Corinthians, it talks about the fact that we are Christ's ambassadors. So, so he is our father, but he's also our king, and we represent him on earth. He uses us to bring the kingdom wherever we are in this earth, and also into our lives. And so, so, so here's the reality. So then, this is where the teacher comes in. Now. So, so then, what happens then is when I am experiencing the dissonance between how I'm experiencing the world and then what I know is available to me in the kingdom. And, and then I pray about that, right? But I also must ask myself, have I fully played my part in bringing the kingdom into my own life? Is there, is there more that I need to do, right, in order, in order to make that, that happen? And so that brings me to, to my second point, which is this, that we should pursue a life of faithfulness. We should pursue a life of, of faithfulness. So, so what is faithfulness? And so I thought real hard and, and I looked up some definitions, but I didn't like them. I'm just being honest. So I, I, I think this applies. I think this has some authority. And so faithfulness, this is what I came up with. An unswerving commitment to the completion of a task. Okay, that's me when I want to sound real, real, real uh, uh, intelligent. But but then I say, well, let me just say it how I feel it. Let me just say it how I feel it. It's doing all you can within your God-given boundaries and limitations to complete a task. Okay. Now, I, and also listen, I had to put God-given in there because some of us have a, a lazy tendency and we're putting in boundaries that don't exist. Like, God didn't give you that boundary. It's not a God-given boundary, right? Uh, so God-given, hear me now, limitations and, and boundaries. And so obviously I have some, some limitations, right? The Lord only blessed me with so much money. So I'm limited as to what I can do, right? Uh, we just went to New Orleans to celebrate my wife. And, and I said, okay, we're going to go, but we're we limited, though, babe, okay? Okay. Um, Okay, all right, let me get back. Okay, so, but you want to understand what I'm saying. My time is a limitation. I, I need eight hours of sleep, which gets on my last nerves because I want to work, and the Lord's like, go to bed, right? It's a limitation, right? I, I have a, a wife and a family, and so I'm dedicated to them, so which means I can't do all these things over here. These are limitations. Within your God-given limitations are you doing all you can within your power. So the task for us is to follow the example of Jesus Christ and to live a life according to his word. And so that when we, when we experience, like I said, this distance between the fallen world and, and what's available to us, um, we have to ask ourselves, is there more that we can do? The question is, are we being faithful? That's the question. Have I been faithful? And sometimes sometimes. When you, ask, when you ask yourself that question, number one, that's probably your first prayer because sometimes you need the Lord to reveal to you. Uh, maybe there's areas where you have not been faithful. Sometimes you can see that. Maybe sometimes the Lord may reveal it to you once, you once you pursue him in that. So that can be your first prayer. Lord, have I been faithful? Have I been faithful to this particular task? Right? Uh, so that's the first thing. But, but secondly, he may reveal to you once you ask that question, oh, no, there's, there's more work for you to do. Oh, no, you haven't been faithful in this task. And then once the Lord reveals to you that you haven't been faithful in a particular task or a particular area, then you have to ask yourself, why haven't I been faithful? And then you have to be open to the fact that that there may be an opportunity for growth for you as you assess your level of faithfulness. You have to be open to the opportunity that that because faithfulness is the standard, what it might do is it, it may expose a level of sin in your life. Maybe there's rebellion against God, maybe there's idolatry in your life where you elevate things apart uh, above your relationship with the Lord. Maybe maybe he reveals this level of pride that you have and your ability to do things on your own, right? Whatever it is, you need to be open to the fact, open to the possibility that um, there may be room for you to grow. The Lord may be challenging you to grow. Okay, I'll give you a few examples To kind of illustrate this point, number one, think about this, right? If you're praying for your health, this is just an example. If you're praying for your health, but yet your diet is trash and you're inactive and you smoke. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, how about we work on those things before you maybe pray to the Lord about, Some of your health issues. You go to the doctor. The doctor's like, okay, I'm going to render a certain level of care to you. But you do know that you also need to do X, Y, and Z, right? So, again, have you been faithful with your health? Hopefully you, you get in the picture. When it comes to, I'm about to make some folks mad, I'm telling you right now. When it comes to your marriage, husbands, have you loved your wives? Wives, have you loved your husbands? Okay? And then I'm I'm a husband. I'ma speak from the husband's perspective because I just believe that that a lot of times when I hear about marital issues, I just believe most of the times it's because the man's dropping the ball, right? Because the Christ set a high bar for men, right? He said what? Love, Love your wife as Christ loved the church. But you understand that Christ gave his life for the church, right? You understand that he gave himself for the church, right? So men. Right As husbands, we have to ask ourselves the questions, have we been faithful to loving our wives? So like sometimes how it plays out in my life, I just give my life for the testimony, right? You come home after working hard. Number one, I'm trying to work hard. I'm trying to provide. I'm trying to put food on the table. And can I be honest? I'm trying to support a standard of living, all these things. So I'm working hard, trying to figure out my career. I got my main job, a hustle over here, hustle over there, trying to put it together. And then sometimes I come home, and I'm exhausted, and I'm tired. But guess what? I got the kids. I got to pick up Carrington. Baby, how was your day? What's going on? Oh, did he not have a good day? Oh, baby, let's talk about that. So, so I'm, checking on, I'm checking on Carrington. I'm checking on Savannah. Then I come home to Mama. Mama, how you doing? I got to check on your heart. Your mind. I gotta listen to her. She may say some things, and I gotta listen. I gotta try not to fix it, right? Because that's hard for men to do. And then, and then she may have expectations for me to get tell about my day in more detail. I don't want to do that, but I need to do that because that's what she needs me to do. And then sometimes she says some things that don't make sense because I'm thinking with my reason, and that's not how. Some I gotta witness somewhere in here, and that's not how they thinking. I'm like, mom, this don't make any sense. But then I just need to say, yeah, babe, you're right. Yes, yes, you're right. Y'all not talking to me today? I know I'm telling the truth. Listen to me, right? <laughs> and so, listen. And then it don't stop because then most of my day, I'm doing chores all day, doing dishes, laundry, golly, right? And then I go to bed, and all seriousness, and I haven't done anything to fill my tank. And sometimes it men, we feel obligated. I done worked all this hard. I deserve this. Sometimes some things that happen not on purpose, right? Feeling this a little too much. Um, But that's men, that's what we're created to do. That's what we got to do, how we loved our wives. And then, quite honestly, I can't even uh, rightly judge my wife and how she's shown up in the marriage if I haven't at least done that. I got to be faithful. That's the question. Have I been faithful to my single folk that want a man or want a woman? Hey. Right? Have you been faithful to your first love? You have an opportunity to, to give more time to your first love, which is God who saw you, who came for you, who rescued you, who desperately wants time with you. You have an ability to seek that relationship. Like you have an ability, you, ha- you don't have as many limitations maybe as someone who is married. You have an ability to give more of your time and your effort to the upbuilding of his kingdom. Have you been faithful to that? Because if, he, if, he ha- if you neglect your first love, what can tend to happen is then you, you get a relationship and then you elevate that man or that woman, then that's idolatry. And then you get disappointed. And then the Lord's like, well, you shouldn't have neglected your first love in the first place. Y'all aren't talking to me. I know I'm telling the truth. The question is, have you been faithful, right? And listen, another prayer request is like, Lord, this faithfulness stuff is is hard. I'm just being, oh, my time is going really fast. It's hard. And so also we also pray, Lord, help me. Lord, help me to be faithful as a husband. Lord, let me to pursue you. Lord, help me desire you the more than I want to mate. Lord, help me to be faithful. That's the other prayer request, right? Lord, we need your help. We need your spirit just to be faithful. And another time is, right, when that's the question, then you ask yourself, Lord, have I been faithful? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I have been faithful. I actually have now. Like, I, I have. I've put in some work. I've, I've actually done all that I can. And that brings me to my next point, which is then we offer prayers of supplication. This is where we make our needs known to God. Right? supplication. So what I'm doing is once I've identified the fact that I've been faithful, here's what I'm doing now. So I'm now now taking my burden. I'm taking what I feel. I am releasing myself and I'm saying, Lord, I've done all I can. I'm, I'm now giving this to you. I'm laying this need, this request. I'm laying it at your feet because only you can do this, Lord. I'm I'm giving this thing to you. And of course, we should do this because again, I read first Peter 5:7, because we're supposed to give all our cares to him because our cares to him, because he, he cares. We release that burden, and now the concern, the worry, right? We're saying that okay, I'm releasing myself from this concern and this responsibility. Lord, this is your responsibility. Me as your son, as your daughter. Lord, now this is your responsibility. I'm I'm giving this to you. I'm releasing myself of this because you care for me and you love me. And I know it's you in control despite anything that I see. Lord, I'm giving this to you. But here's the problem. We sometimes experience unnecessary stress and anxiety when we carry things we're not meant to carry. So we have this anxiety, we have this worry, we're right, and, and, and but there may be an instance where it's like, but yeah, but you're carrying things you're not meant to carry. You cannot carry the burden of your future all on your own. You cannot carry the actions of an individual all on your own. You cannot control what everyone does. By, that's, that's not what is for you to do. That's not your burden to carry. And sometimes that is the source of our anxiety. Sometimes that's the, 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 the source of our worry and our stress because we're carrying things we're not meant to carry. And so then here's the, the next step in that is, is this idea that because the scriptures talked about do prayers and supplication and thanksgiving. So here's why we need to offer prayers of thanksgiving. Because sometimes when we're faithful, it doesn't necessarily lead to the desired outcome. Okay. And we can feel some kind of way about that. And then that could cause us to go to God sideways. Okay. Um, And sometimes we need perspective when it comes to how we approach the Lord. My oldest daughter, Carrington, um, she'll be in the house living her absolute best life, by the way. And she'll be like, Dada, give me some Cheez-Its. And I'm like, hold up. What? I said, no, no, no. We don't do that here. I said, oh, Dada, may I have some Cheez-Its, please? Okay, yes, you may. Okay. You need to go ahead and adjust that. You don't come at me any kind of way. You're not going to be at my house telling me what I'm about to do. You better get it together. You hear what I'm saying? And that's how it is with us. Sometimes we need a perspective shift when it comes to how we approach The Lord, Right. And so being thankful sometimes, though, when we experience certain things is not the first thing that comes to our mind, because sometimes we the thing that we're experiencing is challenging and it's it's really tough. Right. But but that's the thing. But even though we may be experiencing something that's really challenging, it still doesn't mean that there's not something to be thankful for in the midst of that thing. And so we are to be thankful and being thankful. Is us acknowledging that God has done the things that we lack the power to do. Lord, thank you for these things because because I wasn't able to do it, so I know you did it, so I want to say thank you. And the more we acknowledge that, the more we realize all the things the Lord has done for us, and the more we do that, we realize how much he, he cares for us. And the more we do that, the greater humility we have. And then we have a greater ability to then release the things that we are releasing God and making him responsible for. Because we now have a confidence level and a trust level because of our gratitude. And because of the level on which we've acknowledged all that he's done for us. So supplication Give that thing to the Lord. Thanksgiving, perspective. Lord, you've been so good. Even in the midst of everything that I'm dealing with, you've always been there the entire time. And then once you do that, you have to then relinquish control. You relinquish control. Because check this out. After you've done all that, you've already done everything that you have in your power to do. And so at that point, you you, you must relinquish control and understand that this isn't yours anymore. Because you've already done all you can. But here's the thing, and we have to understand this. It causes sometimes when we haven't achieved the thing that we want to achieve. And we've we've gone through all these steps of faithfulness and, and supplication and thanksgiving, but we haven't yet achieved the thing. Sometimes we continue to push. Sometimes we continue to push past our boundaries. We push past our limitations in order to obtain the thing that we're trying to obtain, in order to experience the thing we're trying to experience. And what we need to understand is when we push past those boundaries and limitations, um, that comes at a cost. Pushing past your boundaries and limitations, that will cost you. Right? It'll cost you. Number one, you're doing something to your mind. You're doing something to your heart. Because you can allow thoughts of, uh, oh, the Lord is not as good as I thought. The Lord is not good. Oh, maybe he's not as trustworthy as he should be. Or maybe you begin to have negative thoughts about someone else. Maybe when you experience the dissonance, you begin to turn to other things instead of turning to the Lord. And what happens is you begin to get into a cycle and you look up and realize, oh, man, this has cost me something. So if you've gone through all these things. You like you have to relinquish control because going any further, you're going to do damage in some area of your life. We have to relinquish control. And this is why the scripture says that God's peace will then guide your, guard your mind and then your heart, right? Because without the Lord's peace, these are the things that can then happen to us. So God's peace, it guards our heart and it guards our mind. And so as I wrap this up, I just want you to think about your your greatest need right now. I want you to think about the thing that you are petitioning the Lord for. Okay? In this week, reasonable expectations. What is that thing? Identify it. Like, state it. And then you have to ask yourself the question, man, have I been faithful in that area? Have I done all I can to experience the kingdom of God in this area of my life? Lord, reveal to me areas where I've fallen short in faithfulness in this particular area. And if the Lord has revealed something to you in that area, then you got to get to work. And then be faithful to then, then pray that thing, release your responsibility to the Lord. And you got to be thankful and relinquish control. So I'm just asking you, what, what is that one thing? What is that one thing? Man, let's pursue faithfulness in that one thing as we go into this week. Because I promise you, the motivation here for me is peace. Right? That, that lack of conflict, this, this idea that things can be going on around me, and but I'm good because I know who my father is. Like, that's the thing. And if you don't believe me, like just 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 think about think about the 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 level of the degree of peace that which people are experiencing around you, right? Think about that, and it's like, oh no, I don't want that. I want your peace. I want your your rest. So would you do that this week, as you go about, as you have your quiet times, as you as you um, man, as you're experiencing that dissonance in the in the world, man? Just just identify that one thing, and pursue. Faithfulness, and so we are about to also observe communion. And so, um, if you can go ahead and grab that, there's something on the end there for you, where you can grab the elements. <clears throat> I'm good. Thank you, bro. So I mentioned this before, right? I mentioned peace and because I'm really searching, like, why is peace such a big deal, right? Well, it's because if we have peace, we have rest, and we long for rest. We're doing all this thing, all this stuff to pursue rest, and so rest is a, a big deal. And I just think about what Jesus said in the Scriptures. He says, Come to me, Matthew 11, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He has rest for us. Do this with me, real quick, um, right now. Just take a deep breath in, and then inhale, and relax, and rest. Some of you in here today may may have even been carrying tension in your body and your shoulders and you weren't even aware of it because we need to rest. So this rest is available to us because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, I am the source of rest because everything else that you go to in this world will not give you the rest, the peace, that is available in me. And so as we think about Jesus and what he came to do, he came and he died. He paid the price for our sins. And so because of that, we have direct access to God, who is the provider of our rest and our peace. We don't, I don't have to go to a different priest. Jesus is my high priest. And I can approach him. For rest and for peace. And so as we remember what Jesus did, as we remember his sacrifice, as we remember um, all that he did for us, is because we can have rest and we can have peace. And so Jesus was with his disciples um, in the upper room. They were celebrating the the Passover uh, feast. And then he, there was these elements. So he had the bread and then the wine. And so Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm going to give these elements new meaning. They're going to they're gonna have, have new significance because I'm about to do something special. I'm going to do something incredible on your behalf. And he said, he said hey, take this bread. Um, this bread, he says, this bread represents my body that will be broken for you. He says, take and eat all of it. He says, This represents my blood that has been shared for you for the remission of your sins. Drink all of it. For as often as we do this, family, we remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. Our rest and our peace, it comes at a price. And it becomes because of Jesus and what he did for us. Some I'm going to pray in a minute, but before I do, um, one quick reminder. We mentioned this before. As you leave, right, um, make sure you grab these. Seriously, we, we want you to participate in this with us. We desire, we believe that there are folks in our midst that have the opportunity to have new life. To join us in that. So grab some of these. Pray, pray about who the Lord has placed before you that you wouldn't invite to our service. And make sure you do that before you leave. And then also um, if you're here for the first, second, third time, come see us at the Connect Point. we love to get connected. Okay? Let's stand up as we get ready to go. <clears throat> so as I think about what we've had a chance to share today, I mean... Man, if I were to sum it up, I just pray that we can pursue a life of faithfulness. Faithfulness is the bar. Faithfulness is the standard. Not some, not some uh, moralistic list of things that I have to do as a result of my faith. Not necessarily chasing this outcome that I want in my life. No, faithfulness. We are in the input business, not the output business. We're not in the results business. We can control what we put in. And the Lord is saying, hey, be faithful and then pursue God's peace. Don't be satisfied with the conflict in your life. Don't be satisfied with the conflict in here because the Lord says, hey, in my kingdom, there's freedom from that. There's freedom. There is the peace that passes all understanding that is possible for each and every one of your lives, regardless of who you are. So I just pray that that would be the thing that you would pursue this week. Let me pray. Lord, we are grateful. <clears throat> Lord, that all you require from us is our faithfulness, Lord. Our faithfulness to you, our faithfulness to our relationship with God. And and Lord, I just pray for everyone in this room. I just pray for peace. I pray, Lord, that where there's conflict, that, Lord, that you would resolve it. I pray, Lord, that the that the thing inside, that the conflict and the dissonance, Lord, that we all experience in this world, Lord, would you, would you show up in our lives and show us the significance of your love. Lord, I'm just thinking about the verse that says, Lord, may we, in the coming ages, may we come to know the height, the width, and the depth of the love that you have for us, Lord. And may that love, may that, Lord, grant us peace. So, Lord, we thank you. And we love you. Be with this Lord, as we leave this place. And may our light shine amongst everyone we come in contact with. We thank you. We love you. We proudly sing this in Jesus' name. Amen.